Hi everyone, David here from the Real Sports Science Podcast and welcome to episode 4. We have an absolutely jam-packed schedule today, including F1 updates, respiratory failure, how you can use social media to network, job hunt, and promote yourself. And finally, we talk about a paper of the week where we discuss the effects of flossing on performance, so you're going to want to stick around for that. It's a full episode today, we're so glad you're here. Let's get into it. Hey guys, it's the fourth episode of the RSS podcast. Let's go. And we're back. Thank you, Matt, for that introduction. Welcome back. Episode four of the RSS podcast, Real Sports Science Podcast, episode four. Hopefully you enjoyed number three. On this one, uh, what's happening, we're just having a bit of a catch up. A couple topics, and then we're going to dive into social media, the importance of it, how you can use it, kind of our experience of social media um, in our job role, looking for jobs, etc., etc. And then we're going to dive into a paper of the week. But before all that, Matt, Mr. Kent, how are we doing? I'm doing Welcome. good. Thank good you. to I'm see doing you. Good. I think winter's starting in the UK already. It was it was really cold outside. I'm quite really, I'm quite cold in here. I might get the fire on actually. You're wearing a t-shirt. It's a polo, actually. It's a polo. Um, mm. But yeah, no, no. It's still it's, I still could um, heat up a bit. How's how's the weather in Canada? Uh, actually, not as warm as I was hoping. But oh. yesterday was really nice. The first couple of days it was pretty smoky. We got pretty smoky skies if there's fires, like forest fires around. But yesterday it rained and it was pretty windy, so that's cleared up nicely. So oh, there you go then. There you go. Yeah. Um, who, yeah. who you got behind you there? Oh, got the new RSS mad mascot. Um, his name's Ernie. Um, he's just gonna. He's here for. Ernie's he's a dog. He's here for some um, support. Dissertation's going good. It's due in on Tuesday, um, and I'm all okay. finished up, which is really nice. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I saw my physio. I went to physio today. Not oh. today. The other day. Wow. And then I met up a friend with a friend. We play tennis and she's a nurse. And I was just talking about pneumothoraxes and the podcast. So I got a couple updates, actually. Pneumothorax. So to the physio. And he said that they do, they do heal by themselves, usually. And because especially if you get it uh, like Ellen White did through acupuncture, yeah. the needle's so small, it's not like you're getting a knife wound to your pleural space. And because it's so small, it does heal by itself. But the biggest thing that you're actually worried about is infection. Uh, so so there was a yeah, there was a Canadian wrestler who um, had to retire because she got a pneumothorax, and I forget her name. I should have written it down, but hers got really, really infected, and they actually had to cut out half of her lung because of it. What? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Like half of her lung. Mm-hmm had to get rid of it because oh. it, it got really infected so and it's, it was just going to spread so it's not actually the 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 acupuncture like the actual hole poking the hole through that's the issue is the actual infection afterwards that could come from that yes so yeah so usually that's what they're more worried about oh, wow. and then i was talking to my nurse friend jacqueline shout out jacqueline um and she said that so she's a nurse and she's seen a lot of pneumothorax patients yeah and she says that for spontaneous pneumothorax, yeah. if you're between generally between the ages of 16 and 25, slender and tall, you have a greater chance for a spontaneous pneumothorax. Really? Yeah. Oh, well. So, 
Get well, on the game train. I think I'm safe. I think I'm safe. Um, Protein shakes every podcast from now on. Yeah. Well, I don't have to. That's worry about crazy though. Eight, so I'm a, I'm I wonder. I wonder why that is. Why that. Um, why that happens. I'm not sure, but it, in that specific sort of yeah. population. So interesting. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, yeah. Other than that, really back in strange. Canada, which I'm really enjoying. Any ice hockey? No. Or is it, has the ice hockey season started? No, I swear, I've asked that 50 yet, times. Unfortunately, so I won't be able to go see. Oh. Game. I know devastated that's a shame that's a shame I know. should we jump into today's topics get into the bulk of things yeah 100 percent. yeah All let's right. hit it with today's to- today's topics more formula one so if you which was that the last podcast no two podcasts second ago. it was the second one episode yeah, two yeah, we talked a little one. bit of formula one it's making its return <laughs> to episode four yeah yeah what's well, it was a big one so um so Alex Albon, who's currently racing for Williams, but has been around the F1 circuit for, I think, a couple of years now. Um, he's, you know, still a, not a rookie, but he's still quite new. Sure. Um, he had appendix surgery uh, last Saturday when the Italian Grand Prix was on. So he was out and they brought someone quickly in to, you know, fill, fill his shoes or fill the seat right. for that weekend. So he had um, appendix surgery, which normally is uh, quite an quite an easy surgery would you say but the issue is with him he had uh, issues with the uh, anesthetic okay so he had to stay in the hospital and r- receive um intensive care because he had a resp- respiratory failure right not of the pneumo pneumothorax right more <laughs> lung things. i i saw that you had this and i just took a quick read of what you're going to talk about and what was it about and I heard respiratory failure. We should just turn this into just talking about the lungs. We'll call it the pneumopod. RSL, real sport lungs. <laughs> um, yeah, the pneumopod, the pneumopod. No, it's, 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 which is quite scary because, I mean, you know, it's just like I thought it was big in sport because, I mean, how often does this happen where a driver, you know, well, not a driver, but an athlete goes into for like a, an appendix surgery and then has respiratory failure? That's crazy too. Like how... You get you like you don't go into an appendix surgery worrying about rear respiratory system. Yeah, you know, it it is crazy, and I just find it hilarious because I was I was having a little search throughout the week of you know like good sport and um, sort of articles, and so far we found just two crazy sort of like not a random because um, it is it is quite common for people to react um, badly to the anesthetic yeah. anesthesia. But um, just just athletes having problems with respiratory functions, it's it's just weird. Um, and I thought it would it would be quite fitting. So he had um, post-operative anesthetic complications and was put on a ventilator. Um, but obviously now we can safely say that he is back home in Monaco, lovely place, um, resting for the Singapore Grand Prix next weekend. Right, and he's trying so, to he's going to race in that. That's mad. Yeah, yes. So the goal is, uh, he said, he stated himself that the goal is to be ready for Singapore. Right. Which is, I mean, can you imagine going through respiratory, like being put on a ventilator after a, a surgery and then having to race in Singapore, which is known to be quite the hottest race of the season's calendar. That's true. I didn't even think of that. That's mad. Maybe keep the ventilator and just pop it in the car next to you. <laughs> just, just keep it there when you're sweating. Just to have, have a, a few, a few puffs of that just to keep yourself going. Because um, no, nah, it just it seems brutal. But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting topic, and it just keeps into the themes of yeah. uh, res- respiratory um, 
functions. Yeah. Well, actually, now I'm thinking about it now. And because you said that he had problems with the anesthetic. And actually, so a a very common drug that they use for, uh, for anesthetics is fentanyl. Fentanyl acts on the part of the brain that also drives uh, your respiration. So, so when people uh, overdose on fentanyl, it basically it shuts down the center of the brain that's involved in respiration, tells you to breathe, so they just stop breathing. But the right so amount, so the right amount will put you under. But too much of it will, you'll stop breathing and then you die, um, which is what happens when you overdose with fentanyl. So I wonder, I wonder if. If that happened, maybe they or it just reacted. Maybe like he reacted poorly yeah. to it, and then because it it works on that center of the brain, um, then he had respiratory failure. That's scary, though. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Look at that. Put just putting two and two together. Yeah. Just grabbing one from the right, <laughs> grabbing one from the left, fun. putting two and two together. Oh yeah. Um, my part of the pod's yeah. done. I love the I love the F one theme. We should keep that going. I'm very interested in that. No, 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 no. I'm scared of the questions you may ask, and then I get flustered. I, I'm going to ask about drag reduction, and you're going to freeze. Well, yeah. Oh no. So, what are the aerodynamics behind the drag reduction system? Oh, mate, no clue. <laughs> I know the flap opens, and that's about it. <laughs> I'll add nothing. <laughs> um, that's funny. But yeah. All right. Well, talk to Next me. On, yeah, uh, talk to me about this. Um, Next topic. Social media, that's obviously a huge area nowadays, not only in the job, but personal lives as well. What? Just talk yeah. to me. Why did you want to bring it on the pod? Why do you want to talk about it? Walk me through that and let's get into it. Everyone's on social media constantly throughout the day. And, you know, I thought, okay, which we could talk about which one's the most beneficial, which one's, you know, like how can we use it as an advantage when applying for jobs? How can it be advantageous towards us? So I thought we could delve a little bit into sort of, you know, what, what, which ones are the most important? Like what are the top three social media apps? You know, you, you, you'd say for you in, in terms of this, we can't say be real. Um, cause I don't know how we'd uh, use that for sports, but, um, for, for jobs. Yeah. Like, guys, look at my be real. So uh, you are you I'm talking heavily... like purely kind of for jobs? job related uh, or because the top three for that i don't know i would say instagram twitter and linkedin yeah and i'll say i'll say i'll preface that it's a mixture of creating your own platform so people can see who you are sure. and what you do um and use that in an advantage but also seeing what other people do see what research is out there mm. um learning from others as well as also just being able to see what other environments are like right say saracens you see what their um, environment is like you're like oh i want to work at that place right. you know because they're pumping out content that you're like oh, i really like that oh this saracens coach i like what he's doing i like what you learn more about the people that are there so that will help you sort of oh i fit in better in this environment mm. if i if i go deeper into that stage so i guess i know it's a bit of a mixture and it's hard to incorporate everything but if you had to pick the top three that would be beneficial in all of those aspects which ones would you say right yeah that's are... difficult because i think all of them they they do have some overlap but they they work so differently and they could maybe help mm. you in different ways so the top three i would say is instagram twitter and linkedin um i think yeah. would be what i think it's very easy though to get lost in the rabbit hole of social yeah. media and i guess that's why 
yeah. TikTok wouldn't be up there just because that is a massive rabbit hole. Yeah, such and a and you can provide. you can easily get so overwhelmed by it. Like, oh, I need to grow my Instagram mm. platform. Oh, I need to grow my Twitter platform. Oh, I need to you know have five hundred connections on LinkedIn and and whatever. Yeah, and and I think it can be overwhelming then to start all that and see where everyone else is. You know, like all these people, you know, get thousands of retweets and they have thousands of followers or connections or yeah. their posts get hundreds or thousands of likes and views. And then obviously be really demotivated. Yeah. And I yeah. think, well, maybe two things I would say is it's important, firstly, to understand what they can do for you and and how they work um, and how it fits in. And and yeah. then from that you can understand well which ones may be more important for me right now and where should I uh, focus more of my energy right now, and then two yeah, and this goes you know with social especially with Instagram or with anything, um, understanding that those people that have you know thousands of followers they've probably been doing it for years and years yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't happen and some and you just don't see the background work that's been done already to get them to this place. Uh, so I think those two are very important, and especially the first one. Um just understanding what platforms do and what they can do for you. Um yeah. and then to understand, you know, just prioritize of what do I need right now, what are my priorities and so that you can prioritize where your energy goes. Otherwise it's just a rabbit hole. Um what do you think? No, I mean, I agree with the the, the top three apps 100%. I mean, you know, Instagram, I'm currently in England, but I, I like a bit of American football. And I see an S&C coach going through some movements that he uses with um, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, and, and it gives you that insight into, okay, this applies to American football because blah, blah, blah. And he's got a slideshow of um, six different videos of the exercises that he uses. And I mean, you know, and below you can have a description. Oh, this is a uh, four to eight reps at, 75%. I mean, it just provides massive amounts of insight and all it takes is you see that you're like, Oh, that's really good. I agree with this. You can incorporate it into your own uh, uh, programming if it aligns with the sports needs. So I think Instagram is massive as well. And not only does it do that, it allows you to find research, but it also allows people to see you. As you're talking there, I, it, it sounds like Instagram is very visual. Yeah. And I think that separates it from Twitter and LinkedIn a little bit. If your priority is visual content, I think Instagram is the place to go. Yeah. Um, you're not going to find, I don't think, as many like research papers or any, re or no, not. You're going to find less direct research on Instagram just because it doesn't work well, because no one wants to read Instagram, read true, on Instagram. True. Right? It's all visual. So would you so say knowing that, you're. Yeah. On that, I would say Twitter is where if you want to connect with people, see papers, see what yeah. research is happening, then Twitter or jobs, yeah. Twitter is where you go. Um, and then LinkedIn is kind of interesting because it's a bit of a bit of both. Honestly, I, I'm pretty bad at LinkedIn. I think I only have maybe like 75 connections or something. No, I I'm, just I'm, got it. Yeah, yeah, I'm at the same stage. Um, but it seems like that's also good for jobs. Lots of jobs get posted there. Um, and then the content wise, it, it's a little bit of a mixture. You can mm. find lots of, um, self-loathing, lo lots of people stroking themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say <laughs> like, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of uh, self-promotion, but that's, yeah. I, I guess it's like understanding your audience, what your, what your audience would want to see. So on Instagram, I'd be posting videos of me 
carrying out some certain exercises exercises and saying in the captions that this benefits this i would do this but you know this is how i would prescribe it and then twitter i'd go blah 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 with like more research points because it's just words and then linkedin i'd be this is what i've done and make it more professional so linkedin would be sure. your audience's employers mm. you want so when right. you're applying for a job you'd be like oh have a look at my linkedin this is what i've been doing so it's an easier way sure. for them to track it whereas twitter and instagram would be more what's the word less not it's official. not professional, but it's maybe a little less formal. formal. There you go. That's the word I was thinking of back to, you know, when you're in English exam and you're like, no, your yeah. audience, is it formal? Is it informal? So yeah, Instagram, nice. Twitter, less informal. Um, just lift your, just lift your mic up a little bit. So it's more in front of your face. Sorry. Oh, okay. yeah, it's because no, oh, are you trying to so say that um, I've got a face for radio? That's really nice of you, David. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll keep that in mind. I just want to hear you. I just want to hear you. Is this... <laughs> Is this better, is it now, David? Is this better? <laughs> this is the last episode of the podcast. We have a massive falling I've, I've actually this. got, um, me and my buddy are going to start a new podcast, actually. So we're, we're going to be on, oh, never mind. He's not happy with me as well. Okay. He's I might do a solo. I might go solo. <laughs> That's not a good That's look, hilarious. is it? If the sorry, I, I, sorry, I cut you off there. I know, it's Less cool. It's formal. Cool. I 100% agree. That's totally right. And LinkedIn, what's cool about LinkedIn is you can build this profile that lets employers and lets possible networking people know exactly what you've done, who you are, what you do, yeah. what you want to do, where your interests lie, because you can build that profile. Where Twitter, uh, you know, you have your bio, which you don't want to be miles long. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's a little less, a little less formal and more text. So, you know, jobs text question like questions yeah um, yeah some threads of kind of short ideas or research i would go to twitter yeah and and i think a, a topic that we touched upon there was job searching and and job searching i mean the big one is linkedin but we also like a big one alongside that is twitter i think linkedin is for where you can sort of i know twitter you get an abundance of jobs Whereas LinkedIn, you could like more specific, you know what I mean? Like there's, you could limit them, the influx of all of the jobs coming in. So I'd say like, well, I guess we could talk about the tips, you know, go finite, finite this conversation even more and delve into the sort of tips of narrowing down your searches on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Yeah. Just to help yeah. you decide okay, on what's yeah. best for you. Yeah. So just to recap, we said Instagram kind of, if, if you're... T- if what you're looking for is, or if what you're trying to promote is very visual, yeah. Linked, uh, sorry, Instagram is where to go. If it's more text heavy, more research heavy, research driven, Twitter or LinkedIn. And then the difference between those two is, you know, Twitter's maybe a list, little less formal, more mm. informal. LinkedIn is more formal, and you can yeah. build that profile to let people know who you are a bit more. Yeah. In terms of exactly what you said, job hunting, both are great. And exactly like link. The good thing about Twitter is you can follow specific people um, like jobs and support science, which just gives you a ton of jobs. But the bad thing, like you said, it's very broad. They put everything on there. And so it's difficult or impossible to narrow your search down. Yeah. The good thing with LinkedIn is, yeah, it has all this, the keywords, the search functions, the filters that you can put in to really narrow your search down. Yeah. I guess the flip side of that is there's, I don't know, millions of jobs on LinkedIn. And so it can be very overwhelming if you don't know how to best narrow down your search, I would say. 
Yeah. You know, when you went to look for universities and, you know, your teachers would help you choose and they always gave you like little pointers to look out for. So I guess job job searching yeah. could sort of mirror that in a way where, you know, you've got to think of how far away is it? You know, how far mm. would I have to commute? What what especially if you're moving to a new place that opens a bunch of new questions like living situation? What What is the mm. cost of rent there? What is the cost of, you know, mm. can I relocate somewhere different? And then you're looking at what the role is like. How does it not only has is like how gr- good is the role, but how, you know, how I lost it. I had it in my head and I've lost it. Not only like how <laughs> good the role is, but how will it impact you in your career? Like how will it further your career? So say if, and then also do your skills genuinely match it? Because I've seen jobs where it's like, oh, do you want to become the Harlequin's S&C coach, for example, you know? Yes. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to. But then I go, imagine if I did actually get it, having that self-awareness to be like, I'm not at that level. And if I did get that mm. job, I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable. Mm. It wouldn't add to my career in any ways, apart from people would see that I'm not, I wasn't at that level because, you know, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, that goes and th- back to, well, self-reflection. We talked a bit about that last podcast. Yeah. Because you only have a finite amount of energy and time. So finding, like, understanding your position within that job role. And yeah. is, is it going to be, should I prioritize my energy and my time, which I only have a certain amount of, to apply for this job? Which yeah. can be difficult because you don't want to sell yourself short. And you do, you, sometimes you need to take those jumps. But also, yeah, I think you need to have a, an awareness of where you are and, and where to put your energy because that's really important. Like we talked about, I think, a couple podcasts ago, like searching for a job is a full-time job. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And it's like you, you got to know your self-worth at the same time. Understand yeah. that. Like, so you you're, saying, you're saying it's important before you even put in anything into, your, into the job search understand where you're willing to travel yeah like where are you willing to travel what job role you're looking for and what scope you have yeah and then i to add on to that i would then then go a bit further practically speaking and understanding and knowing what keywords fall under that yeah so like if you're looking for perform like say like physiologist role or something yeah sometimes you put in physiologist and nothing comes up but if you put in performance coach or something like something along those lines and have a, a few keywords that line up with with the main job that you're looking for, I think that's really important. Yeah, because, it, you know, your if your job is physiologist is not the job role title isn't ever or isn't always going to be exactly that. Yeah. So I think having even a think of, well, what keywords like synonyms, you know, pull out a thesaurus. Oh, and uh, try to find those words because I think that'll mine off right here. And also, I mean, go, let's go full circle here. Looking at the the jobs environment, so you know, have a scour of their Instagram, have a scour of that, you know, a team or clubs uh, Instagram, uh, t- TikTok. You know, just have a little look and see mm. if that environment would match you. That's such a good point. And then using the other platforms to kind of inform your decisions. Yeah, that's such a good idea. So if you find a job in LinkedIn, using Twitter and Instagram to inform your decision, yeah, that'd be a good fit. And I guess it could go the other way as well. If you see something like you're you're saying some video of an SNC coach and you know the the drills that he puts his athletes through and why, you know maybe you can find more about that paper you know by following him on Twitter. Maybe on Twitter is where yeah. he then actually publishes or not doesn't publish but but shares the actual research paper. Or maybe you find him on LinkedIn, which means you can see yeah. more of the research that he's done. 
Well, you and can I guess even in that way, they, they all work together. Or they yeah, can. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just finding, I, obviously, there's a lot of negativity surrounding social media, but if you can utilize mm. it as a sort of advantageous, you know, form of em- finding employment, I mean, you know, the, the sky's your limit. Just to speak to people, if you've got genuine questions, like if you got, if you see someone doing an exercise and you actually want to learn more about that, just drop the guy a message. And, and nowadays, who you know is becoming more and more oh, and more important. What, what's so the many saying? jobs, so many jobs go internal, or, or so many jobs go act like employ on referral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I think you know, again, knowing that you only have a finite amount of energy. It's not what you know. It's well, who, you, who know. you know. There you go. Knowledge. Yeah, and, and understanding that and being able to prioritize at least a little bit of your time and energy yeah. in networking. Um, but again, you can go down a rabbit hole of that in that as well. But I think just keeping your mind open and, and when an opportunity arises to make a connection, yeah. make sure that you make that connection well because you never know how that's going to help. Um, uh, in in the in the in the future yeah almost in the past <laughs> well and this book will build on this conversation we've just started ourselves so our ideas yeah. are novice ideas you know that they're, they're they're ideas of people who have just started out and one thing we'd like to do is reflect on these podcasts that we do so maybe by episode 500 um we can reflect and um, re- revisit this episode and understand okay well this is what we thought when we were you know just starting out what can yeah. we offer now? What have we learned? What have we, how have we improved? So I, I just like to start, uh, end off by saying this is just ideas from people who have, you know, who are novices. So no, and, and I think a, a big word you, you said earlier is, is a rabbit hole. And I mean, I find myself many of times going through rabbit holes of research and through that rabbit holes yeah. of research, I always find a good paper of the week. But this week wasn't my week. <laughs> it was David's week. <laughs> would you oh, mind taking us? I had us? no idea where that was going. And then it <laughs> went where it went. And it's beautiful. Would you like? That was us, so good. Would you, like to, would you like to take the audience and I down a rabbit hole of the paper of the week? Yes. I would <laughs> love to. Wow. Thank you for that. No um, problem. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to the paper of the week. Basically, just the, the effects of tissue flossing unhealthy and impaired musculoskeletal system. Have you heard or have you had a much experience about flossing with flossing? No, no, I haven't. At first so I thought, the... is it? I've, I've, obviously I do floss. I do floss. Um, dental great, you know, <laughs> but um, I, I don't think it's the same. Way less than I should, <laughs> but it's, it, we're not talking, we're not, we're not diving into the fangs. Flossing in this case, it's basically wrapping either your soft tissue. So you're, your thigh or a joint like your knee around really tight basically it's like rubber tensor bandage okay. or like if you think of like a very thick theraband all right so athletes um will wrap floss band almost yeah almost like a thick rubber tensor bandage around a limb for one to three minutes um and they overlap the floss by 50 percent. that's what they say okay uh, kind of in your warm up, and the belief is that if you do that and perform end of range movements, so like say for the one to three minutes, do deep squats or hold a deep squat or something like that, if you're working on your hip or knee joints or your thigh, um, 
that it'll stimulate the mechanoreceptors and lead to reperfusion of the compressed tissue. So basically increased blood flow. Uh, and then that can help obviously with performance. It can help with recovery um, and things like that. But this is a, an interesting one because it's one of those fads. Well, maybe not a fad, maybe is a little bit unfair, but it's one of those ideas that came out and yeah. then really took off similar to that's like foam rolling. But there's very little science behind it, not only if it works, but how it works. There's kind of general theories and people have kind of a, a general knowledge or a general an idea of how they think it works, but there's not much actually of does it work. Yeah. Okay. Is, I think there's probably a lot of that, especially kind of in rehab and recovery. Yeah. Modalities I... like, like massage, rolling out, this flossing technique. What are some other ones that there that are out there? Kind of, those are the the top ones that I can think of. Massage gun, you know the massage gun that everyone oh, uses. Yeah, like fair guns, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said, you know the massage one? gun that everyone uses. I think mine's under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Pod, yeah. What uh, do, you, do you? I think we could go into deeper maybe one on each of the podcasts like what you know how beneficial is the massage gun you know like does it actually work but i, I know I, I find a bit could be placebo but then i also feel like it does things obviously like it it should do some things but no i've, I've never ever come across uh flossing like okay yeah yeah it, i i mean i've seen a few people do it and yeah um, in the CrossFit world, I would say it's quite common. So it's prevalent there. Would you say, yeah, so, what, what are the ba- um, barriers of it reaching into the uh, like sporting, uh, the rest of the sporting world? I don't know. Maybe they just saw CrossFit do it and they were like, surely that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> guess it. everyone's against and CrossFit. We, we're not doing that. Yeah, there's a bit of hate. <laughs> oh, no. Some of it I get, some of it I don't get. Yeah. But anyways, so that's what flossing is. Um, so this paper that I read, it's great because it's a scoping review. Yeah. Um, so the difference between kind of a systematic review and a scoping review is systematic review is very specific in what papers they look for. And if they're looking for RCTs or if they're looking for, you know, the outcome, especially the outcome measures, they're looking for a specific outcome measure that the paper was looking at. Um, and a scoping review takes that, takes a topic and just generalizes it a little bit more. So because there's not very many research papers on flossing, if you yeah. were to do a systematic review, you might get two papers, which isn't really enough to mm. form any kind of opinion. Uh, so a scoping review just takes all of the papers about flossing. Uh, if it is, you know, performance which outcome variables they use, what tests did they use, you know, what stats did they run? Um, it just generalizes it and then looks at kind of all of them. If they if they were using case studies or was it, you know, a single arm trial or RCT, I don't know if I said that already, but it just generalizes it. So it means they can get a bit more research out of it to kind of form an idea and a, a conclusion. Yeah. And just have a bit more of a discussion. So, um, okay. so that's what they did. Uh, so they basically started with 4,000 papers they found, got got rid of a whole bunch, okay. got down to 20, 24, and then they used 15 out of the 24. So it's, it's, it's flossing quite a, a new technique. It was first proposed in 2015. So would you call that new? Not necessarily, actually, yeah. 
I'm trying to think. For research, I would say it's new because it's, it takes, you know, for a research paper. For like long-term effects, yeah, yeah. At least two years. So I would say it's relatively new for kind of a training modality to have any type of backed research. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say it's generally new. So the paper that I have here, it's a 20, from 2021. So only last year that it came out. So I think the most important thing that came out of this actually, yeah, the most important thing is that there was no negative effect on performance. Um, it seemed Which... like performance and range of motion, some people increased, some people decreased. It depended on what joint they did it on. So lower extremity joints seemed to have a greater impact or flossing seemed to have a greater impact on lower extremities. So knees, thighs, and hips. Um, elbows and shoulders seem to have less of an impact. Uh, again, why you can just kind of theorize yeah, why yeah. bigger bigger muscle volume maybe has a greater extent of or greater extent of range of motion. I'm not sure. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing that I would take away from this paper is that there was no negative performance. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it might not sound massive, but no negative for performance, you know, resulting performances is quite big, I'd say, because, you know, I mean, there's no detriment to performance. You're keeping the same level. It's really good. Yeah. So what is interesting, too, is they did some performance measures as well. So they did um, single leg squat or yeah. in all the papers that they found. Some of them were, you know, um, single leg jumps and double leg jumps as well and then a drop jump so they did see so um so a total of 11 studies investigated the acute effect on a on performance parameters such as counter movement jump yeah 11 out of the 44 performance measures so out of all of those 11 papers sorry yeah 11 studies 11 of the 44 performance measures showed a significant improvement so you could turn around and say great that's 11 performance you could also say, turn around and say, that's like what, 60%? Yeah. No, no, sorry. Way less than 60%. Like, no, David, you're wrong. It's not 60%. <laughs> it's not. It's like 20, 25%. It's actually exactly 25%. 25% of okay. performance improved. So is that a lot? Not really. Um, I think... Yeah. Like I was saying, the biggest thing that I would take away from this is there was no decrease in performance. And I think that's even more important to understand and know before you tell your athlete to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because an athlete's always worried. Um, I'm not an athlete, so not from my perspective, but an athlete's always worried that, um, you know, will this affect my performance? Because obviously they want to get better, but they also don't want to get worse. You know, if there's a decrement in performance in something, but hell, you want to, you'd much rather have no decrement in performance than an increase in performance. If you, you know what I mean? I mean Absolutely. I, I mean, it, yeah, I would leaving my mouth. No decrease than an increase. Yeah. And it sounds hmm. silly to, cause it's such an obvious thing to state, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so that, that is a massive finding from that study. Which yeah, is it's really interesting. interesting. I think, and again, you said a rabbit hole of, of research. I didn't go down the rabbit hole. So, you know, the mechanism, I, mean, yeah. I don't understand. Um, but I think it's interesting. I think these things are important to understand because if you have an athlete or at least to have a, an awareness of, because if you do have an athlete that flosses, you know, and yeah. read papers 
or if they come, oh, well, what about, what about flossing? At least you can tell them, you know, this is what I tell athletes about rolling out often. Yeah. If you feel better, do it. Yeah. I mean, understand it's... that, like, I think it's important to understand that maybe there won't, there won't be a huge improvement of performance so don't waste your time doing it for if you're looking for a minute yeah 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 and especially if you're looking to doing things that no help your performance yeah or or no increase your strength or flexibility or whatever yeah yeah so if it makes you feel good to do before or after your session for you know three minutes five minutes do it like it's not going to hurt you but don't waste your time doing it you know 30 minutes when because the research doesn't show like exclusively that it will help that's that's it for me yeah that, that was that's i mean it for that one I, I guess for that paper of the week i i learned a lot i mean first of all i had no clue about flossing and then now i understand that it's that, that the research behind it is quite strong and it shows a lot so i i thank you for that i, I actually learned quite a fair bit um and yeah I, I mean i've got multiple questions but it's it's difficult when you only have one question of the week Oh, and what is it? What I love I think when we you were, when you were two, describing but... to this paper, I, when you were describing me this paper, I promise you I was yeah. listening. I wasn't coming up without a transfer into the next session. Please believe me. Um, and I promise that for the last five minutes, I haven't been trying to come up with an answer for this one because I saw it. <laughs> we're so focused on yeah. the next step. <laughs> one seven ahead all the time. Listen. Listen, there's like one question of the week written down here, but Matt, there are two. There's two questions. So the first one is, Matt, if you could take one thing with you to a deserted island, what would you choose? Now, but I know water is essential, right? I know that food is essential. But if there is one thing I could take, right, it would be yeah. the essentials be. of strengthening training conditioning right a great journal a great book right it's a bit expensive it's about 80 quid but i would take it by who's it by by mr half and mr triplet i would definitely take it that would be the thing i would take no um if i could take one thing um probably a a calf machine because i do need to work on my little pins (laughs) me and you both yeah uh yeah not not a boat or anything but a rower just a just a yeah. static rower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't go anywhere. Well, you're you're stuck on the desert Good. island. What would I, you know what, David? You know what? I'd bring you, and then you could uh-huh. you could your one thing could be a mic, and we just keep this podcast rolling. Yeah, yeah. No one come look for us though. Yeah, We're uh, a good time. <laughs> you know what I heard once? I heard that beer has like all the seven essential nutrients to really. Live. So maybe you said food and water. Boom, beer does both. There you go. We'll bring a case of beer each. We'll survive a whole a whole two days or three days. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, but you had one more question. You Googled question. And what was the question that came out? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? <laughs> when you first said I had two questions, I had no clue what this is. Yeah. Is cereal soup? <laughs> <laughs> knowledge. Sports science. Knowledge. Is cereal soup? Is cereal soup? It is. It is. Because you can get cold soup. No, but cold soup isn't called cold soup. What's it called? Uh, I forget. 
I should know this. <laughs> Forget it. It's not. It's not that, Matthew. I, I don't know. No, I don't no, know. No, no. I forgot, but it's not that. Um, I do. I don't know. So what it's, would you say? It's Siri? on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember what because it is. I would say it's not. I would say it's not because you don't cook it. I get. Yeah, you, you cook, cook soup. It. But then what is it? Is it just its own thing? A bowl of cereal? Yeah, cereal is cereal. But then cereal <laughs> with milk. It's like stew. Right? It makes me uncomfortable thinking that cereal is soup. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. And that's uh, and for this reason, I say no. <laughs> you know what? Next time, next episode of the podcast, I will try warm cereal, <laughs> cooked cereal <laughs> and, uh, and and milk. Oh. Yeah. yeah, true. Well, whether you think whether the thing is whether you think it's cereal, I mean, whether cereal is soup, whether you think cereal is soup or not. Yeah. Breakfast is important. Oh, 100%. Um, and it's even more important if you have a new job. Because you need your energy. 100% you need your energy. <laughs> and you know where you can maybe find a new job position? Where? The Ealing Trail Finders. Ealing Trail Finders. There you go. We are on it. We are on it. We, we should get... We're on jobs of the week. Oh, we are. Not, and what's the job of the week? The job of the week is a uh, head of athletic performance of the academy at Ealing Trailfinders, which is a rugby club. I have uh, spent a day there. The, I'd like to point out the staff are amazing. Uh, it, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the environment, the atmosphere, the the people, you know, the players. They were extremely nice. All of them, even though I was just down there for a day and they had no clue who I am. Um, mm -hmm. Even when I was introduced as, say, like just an intern or just coming down for the day, they all shook my hand and introduced themselves to me, the staff, all the coaches, all the players. It's, <clears throat> it's an amazing, amazing environment. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's got charismatic. It's got charisma. It's, it's just a vibrant environment i don't know how else to say it. it's just really nice it's, it's nice so if you do have the sort of what's it experience the qualifications i uh, you know i'd apply if i did if i had the qualifications i would apply um it's an amazing and where place. where where would did you find that how can people so find that i found that at rugby vacancies on twitter um, but also Ooh, that's a new one yeah, yeah. That, so there's that a, a page on twitter and yeah it's a page rugby on twitter vacancies rugby vacancies and it also came up on strength and conditioning vacancies so also they, on twitter yeah yeah so oh. i guess i mean i guess building on from our conversation earlier just follow a twitter account to the sport like tennis vacancies or you know yeah just just follow the sport you want i to. hadn't heard of that one yeah that's great so yeah so no, head over head over to twitter head over to the ealing trail finders maybe they have an instagram page check them out 100 linkedin or their website, they probably have like job vacancy posts there as well. Yeah, yeah. Head over to. I mean, great, great people that run the whole thing. It's, it's, you know, it's a place I'd love to work at one day. And uh, right. I guess the next thing I'd like to say is, uh, if you have listened to this podcast or any of the previous podcasts, and you have a few comments or opinions that you'd like to share with us, you can actually email us at, let me get this right, rsspodcast1 at gmail.com. So it's RSS podcast, all lowercase, with the number one at gmail.com. We'd love Amazing. to hear all your opinions. We'd love to hear some yes. feedback from the podcast. We'd love to hear if you mm. want to come off the, or come on the podcast. Who's going to be our first yeah. guest? That's a big momentous that's, moment. That's a big question. We do want to get guests. We've got some exciting guests in the in the 
in the 100%. pipeline, but you're going to have to keep listening to find we, that out. We just need to, but, who's going to be our first guest? So yeah, I mean, you know, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear some feedback and, you know, allow you to be on this journey with us. So, you know, first step is we've made an email account so we can hear all your opinions, all your comments. Uh, so that is rsspodcast1 at gmail.com. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll have an Instagram as well. So we'll move up yeah, on Yeah, absolutely. That. Let's go. That's awesome. Fantastic. Great. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, Matt. Thank you again. This has been the RSS Podcast. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>